We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other side of the speaker. Appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate you being here. This episode is, as always, brought to you by Prize Picks. Today, we really only have one question. Are you still them boys? Sorry, I just want to give you guys all some some silence to contemplate whether or not they are still dim boys with a Z. And uh, as you undoubtedly and impossibly, and it's impossible not to know by now, um, I'm recording this on Monday evening. Um, I was putting this off as long as I could because I was waiting to hear hear back from my possible guest who unfortunately wasn't able to make it, but I wanted to uh, kind of give uh, that person as much time as they could to be able to uh, make it work or not work, um, which also gave me enough time to see how the entire playoff picture has unfolded. And obviously right there at the very top of the talking points the list of things that we need to talk about are the cowboys who have once again in what is becoming an american tradition if you are only if you're going to call yourself america's team which is by far the most obnoxious nickname in professional football it's it's even worse than like who day like you know just running around slapping a bumper sticker on your football team that says America's team. It's just the stupidest shit. But um, they've developed an American tradition of fumbling in the playoffs and shitting the bed against good teams. The Cowboys were absolutely throttled by the seventh seed Green Bay Packers. 
and I, I don't want, I, you know, I don't want to go about this conversation without taking anything away from Jordan Love and the Packers. They were outstanding, but it's hard to know what you just saw, given how inept the Cowboys looked, how ineffective, how unprepared, how bad they just looked. It was. It was almost like every stereotype and every kind of like, you know, every every little thing that everybody loved to say about the Cowboys all coming true at once. Mike McCarthy looked like he had the team ill-prepared to deal with the Packers. Dak Prescott found a way to implode against a, a good team and in the playoffs like everybody always says he does. The entire team just looked like befuddled, like they had no idea what was going on. And it's almost like they hadn't watched any Green Bay film at all. Green Bay and Jordan Love were just rattling off play after play after throw after throw to open receivers to open receivers. Aaron Jones was absolutely lighting the Dallas Cowboys defense up. And it all just seemed like this culmination of everything we've heard everybody say about Dallas, but you kind of, you didn't necessarily ignore it because a lot of people like to talk shit about the Dallas Cowboys and rightfully so they bring it on themselves. But when you get into the big stage, you've got to show up and they didn't show up. In fact, they turtled up and they looked like they were, I mean, that shows you how this game went for Dallas. Dak Prescott threw 60 passes, 60 you know you've lost your shit when your quarterback throws for 60 passes. And your your stud running back, and I consider Tony, Tony Pollard to be a stud running back, carried the ball 15 times. Like they were you threw 60 passes and Tony Pollard carried the ball 15 times. It's just this the, that game was just this abomination of what the Cowboys were pretending to be. Now, I will say this. The Cowboys and Dak Prescott all got exactly what they had coming to them for making us for making us listen to here we go for three and a half hours. Like there's no excuse. If you're gonna make us listen to that crap for three and a half hours, then everybody in the in, in, in the NFL world outside of your silly fan base is going to be rooting against you over and over. Here we go. Here we go. Like, stop. Seek help. Or better yet, just change your fucking cadence. It's, it's, it's got to be the reason they suck. It, it was just so hard to listen to. Here we go every time. And then, you know, I, I need, I need a, what I need is a montage of here we goes and what they sounded like in the beginning of the game to what they sounded like in the end of the game. When you realize you really have nowhere to go, you're, you and your crew are not going anywhere. No matter how many times you say, here we go. And I want to see if like the enthusiasm goes out of the, of the voice. Here we go. Here we go. You know, like starting to sound like Eeyore. But it was just, 
It was exactly what you'd expect to the point where it was almost surprising. Like it was so on brand for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys that it was like, really? Like nobody ever is exactly what everybody thinks they are. And then bam, here come the Cowboys at home where they were supposed to be this unbeatable football team and just absolutely shat the bed like my four-week-year-old son does. Shout out to uh, to Robert the Sixth, doing well. So it, I mean, it was just it was not mind boggling, but it, again, it, it was like mind boggling at how much it all came to fruition, how much it all made sense. Nearly every year, we have to hear all about America's team and how this is the year, and this is the you know Dak Prescott's the MVP. This is the and then. Bam, just swatted aside by the seventh seed. I can't even imagine what the 49ers would have done to them. Especially considering, you know, in, in that make-believe world, it would have been an away game and they would have been facing the 49ers. It was just, it was, it was so bad. Mike McCarthy is exactly what everybody thinks he is. Dak Prescott, I think, is better than a lot of people think he is. But he's not as good as a lot of people pretend he is. Like these performances matter. You can't just gloss over them and forget about them. The moment he starts beating bad regular season teams, it's just too consistent. It's too consistent. And even the score, forty-eight to thirty-two, even that's deceiving. I mean, here's the Packers, like, Packers went touchdown, punt, touchdown, 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 touchdown in 10 plays, touchdown in 8 plays, touchdown in 3 plays, touchdown in 3 plays. Like, the Cowboys had no answer for them, and the Cowboys really started to put up the majority of their points through all the way through the third quarter. They had two touchdowns. And at that point, the Packers started pulling their starters and the Cowboys scored two more touchdowns. And it actually started to get weirdly close. I mean, if you look at the score, that's a 16-point game. Um, and there was still time on the clock. But it, it really was only a product of the fact that the, the Packers chose to take their foot off the gas, which is smart by them considering in that moment they instantly know that what, what's next for them, and that is a, uh, a trip home, um, get your shit together, and then we're out the door again to face the 49ers on the West Coast. So it was just, I'm not, I don't act. I I understand that I'm in the realm of the 49ers where it is absolutely cool to, to hate the Cowboys with a passion and understandably. So I get that. I don't actively hate the Cowboys. I have a lot of friends that are Cowboys fans and, you know, we'd like to jaw back and forth and that's always fun, but were the Cowboys to just solidify themselves. So extraordinarily brilliant, like for everybody to see, it was it was just something else. The texts I was getting were just hilarious. And then in a very similar fashion, moving off the Cowboys, there's still more I could say, but it, I don't I don't need to pour on. It was just something else to see how how perfect the Cowboys put, you know, how perfect what they did represented 
what so many people said they they were. And then the Eagles. The 49ers really did break the Eagles. They they really did. I mean, the the Eagles were 10 and 1 and they looked like an absolute NFL juggernaut. They rattled off wins, you know, they rattled off wins against the Cowboys, the Chiefs, and the Bills with the the Chiefs game being in Kansas City. Bam, beat the Cowboys. Bam, beat the Chiefs. Bam, beat the Bills. Two of those teams are still in the playoffs. They're 10 and 1 and then they run into the 49ers who they had all the motivation in the world to play hard against. I understand that they had um, you know, come off a, a pretty rough stretch, but they had just had their bye week 2 weeks prior to facing the 49ers. 3 weeks prior. And they had every motivation they could possibly need to want to smack the 49ers around after everything they had to hear after the NFC Championship game where Brock Purdy got hurt. And, you know, they they walked over the 49ers only to hear like, well, that wasn't a real win because Purdy was hurt. You know, and they had to hear about that for months and months and months. And so they had every right to just want to embarrass the 49ers. And instead they got whooped 42 to 19. And ever since that point, it has been over. They lost to the Cowboys after the Niners. They lost to the Seahawks. I watched that one in the hospital with my newborn baby boy. He was born the night before. Barely beat the Giants. Lost to the Cardinals. Then lost to the Giants to close out the regular season. And then lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the wild card round of the playoffs, 32-9. to Solidifying the fact that the 49ers officially broke the Eagles. I don't know if the 49ers win was so absolute that it basically painted the picture and wrote the blueprint for everything every team needed to do against the Eagles after that point. But man, they were never the same. They only won one game after that. The Eagles were 10 and 1, and then they lost six out of their last seven to end the year if you include the playoffs. That is a level of of trauma that I'm not sure we've seen before. When's the last time we saw a team just truly implode like that? I mean, they were beating teams convincingly. They looked like a juggernaut moving through the league, and everybody was penciling them in to go straight back to the Super Bowl, you know, tush pushing their way down the field. And they just imploded and now you know the talk is Nick Sirianni their head coach as much as everybody would like to see him gone it's a little hard to believe the dudes in terms of wins and losses taking their team to the postseason he's been really good but I think there's a very obvious element of that he should have been able to do a lot more with this team and things are kind of coming apart at the scene you've got Players deleting social media history and removing any mention of the Eagles. I think that was A.J. Brown. You've got rumors coming out about how mature or immature Jalen Hurts is. You've got players kind of yelling at the sideline and all caught up in the tornado is Jason Kelsey standing on the sideline as the time ticks away, which is kind of seemed like he was contemplating his career in that moment. I know he's close to retiring, which I've always been a fan of, of Jason Kelsey. If you uh, watch his... Uh, his show and his podcast with Travis Kelsey. He's, he just seems like a super likable dude. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a, 
and multiple kids, family man. He just he's he's fun to root for. I understand he's on a team that the 49ers uh, fans love to hate, but uh, I've always enjoyed him and just listening to him talk. He seems pretty funny, pretty likable. So, I mean, that looked like the look on his face looked like this is it for me, which nobody would would ever question that. The dude's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think he was first team all pro like 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 six out of his last seven years, something like that. I can't remember where I saw that. Let me get myself a quick little drink of uh, Kirkland Signature Diet Green Tea with citrus flavor. So good. So the 49ers broke the Eagles. The Eagles are out of the playoffs. And let me let me pause before I say this. All that stands in the 49ers' way of another Super Bowl appearance are the Packers and then either the Buccaneers or the Lions. And then obviously waiting for them on the other side of the curtain is either the Chiefs, the Bills, the Texans, or the Ravens. But as far as the NFC goes, the 49ers are clearly the best team of those four. Obviously, the Lions might have something to say about that. And the way they played against the Rams, y'all know I consider the Rams, especially when you think about quarterback and coach, you know, Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay. I consider the Rams to be the best team outside of the 49ers. And the Lions edged them out, I want to say, like 23-22. Something very close. Let me just go to this. Yeah, 23-24. Um, and, I mean, the Lions are a very good team. The Buccaneers played like a very good team today. The 49ers have faced them and beat them um, pretty pretty handedly. I mean, it, it was weird for a little bit. Um, and obviously, you've got the Packers. Jared Goff, man, 22 of 27 for 277 yards and a touchdown. 81 Completed 81% of his passes. Just kind of look at this game. Pretty conservative game for, I mean... Jared Goff threw for 277. The offense rushed for 79. It's a pretty conservative game. Uh, for, you know, for that to be the, the total offense is, is not, you know, that's not a huge number. It's not a huge number. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So again, you've got the Packers that the 49ers are going to face on Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard time, which is obviously Levi's time. Uh, the 49ers will face the Packers. Um, they are playing on Saturday, which again, sets up very well for the 49ers team that was able to rest some starters on week 18. They got this week off and now they have, they get to play the Packers on a short week for the Packers. The Packers just played on a Sunday and now they've got to return to green Bay, have a couple of practices, and then they got to head out to Levi stadium in the West coast. So the Packers are going to be facing a lot of travel time, a lot of time change, um, a lot of adversity, a lot of, you know, just putting a Band-Aid on it and, and heading out the door because there's not much recovering you can do in that amount of time. So it's all working out well for the 49ers. Um, that doesn't mean you don't have to yell at me. You don't have to say, hey, don't overlook the Packers. Like, I, I can't overlook them. I'm, I'm not on the field playing. And, and I and I. I can guarantee you that if some 49ers players listen to the podcast and believe me, past 49ers players have listened to the podcast. I remember I was critical of one 49ers player who I happen to know well and uh, on the pod and not overly critical. You guys know how I am. And he, he called me <laughs> and we had a conversation and it was a good conversation, very positive, but it was, it was, it was just a funny moment. So, Again, I'm not going to overlook the Packers. And if I want to overlook the Packers, I can. I'm a host of a podcast. I'm not on the football team. No one's no one's listening to Striking Gold in the locker room going, guys, Rob, Rob's not even talking about the Packers. He's talking about the Lions. So we should just overlook them. That's not going to happen. And with the way the Packers played against Dallas, I think the Packers have a lot to offer. Jordan Love is riding a ton of momentum. Uh, his receivers, although young and experienced, are rising up to the occasion. Where you really start to see a discrepancy, you know, in, in that matchup will be the 49ers offense against Green Bay's defense. Uh, pa- Green Bay's linebackers aren't great. You know, their DVO numbers, DVOA numbers against the run in the pass are some of the worst in the league. Um, it's it, That's really where the discrepancy is. The 49ers, their offense is is better than the Packers. We'll get way more into this uh, later in the week. Um, I'll record it on Thursday. Eh, well, game's on Saturday. I might record it on Wednesday. We'll see. We'll see. So, I, I, I in no way think the Packers are just some throwaway team, this throwaway seventh seed game that the 49ers can just push aside. Do the 49ers kind of have a massive edge in both talent and postseason experience and just generally having a more well-rounded football team? Yes, of course. But we all know that crazier shit's happened. Crazier shit has happened. Um, and again, I think, I think that, you know, that, that, Short week versus an extended rest versus changing time zones significantly. Um, you know, 
the Packers are either going to do two things. They're going to come crashing down to earth, coming off the, the high of, of sending Dallas packing, or they are going to come in there with a ton of momentum and a ton of confidence, thinking that if they can embarrass the Cowboys, they can give the 49ers a fight. And we've seen that the 49ers have the ability to, to play down to opponents from time to time. But, I mean, this is different. Again, this is a team with a, a, a ton of of experience that sort of you know, neg- negates what you would normally come to expect, you know, in, in those situations, the 49ers and the, and the players that are I, immediately in my mind, I think of, I think of George Kittle standing on the sideline of the Super Bowl as time ticked away. And when the 49ers lost to the chiefs and saying, uh, I, you know, you will not get the best of me. You know, I will be back here and I will be back here with a motherfucking vengeance, you know? And, and now that, I mean, that was what, four years ago, five years ago. And George Kittle's a veteran player that's still doing his damn thing. And I think having players like that, a lot of the players on this roster have experienced it. And then what's funny is, is, uh, you know, it's funny contrast. You've got Trent Williams who might be the most veteran player on the team but he's never been to the postseason, And he's just like this giddy schoolgirl saying, you know, this is like a dream come true. I've, uh, I played all this time and I've never been here. And uh, I, I'm just going to take every, every minute as it comes and just enjoy it. But this locker room's just filled with experience. And it, crazy enough, Brock Purdy has postseason experience. Last year in the playoffs, Purdy uh, was 41 of 63, 65% of his passes. For 569 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and also had um, uh, seven carries for 24 yards and a rushing touchdown as well. So, and we know, all know how that ended, but he looked very solid against Seattle and he looked adequate against Dallas, you know, in that 19 to 12 win. And so we're really, I think this game is going to paint a, a new picture to me. The picture of Brock Purdy and, and what we've kind of known and come to expect from him is already kind of established. He's had phenomenal games. He Overall, he's had a phenomenal season. Has he played poorly at times? Yeah, I mean, that's going to happen with every single quarterback in the NFL. But now we get to just paint a more accurate picture. We get to up the resolution just a little bit more on what Brock Purdy may or may not be. Now, you know, this is a great opening playoff matchup for him. Again, the Packers defense is not great. But you're playing on Saturday night, the only game. There's only four games left, right? Is, is it four games left? Six games left? Eight games left. Whatever. Whatever. There's not four games left. No, there are four games left. I was I was in my mind confusing myself with teams and games. So it's a it's a solid opening. It's a solid introduction to the to this year's playoffs for Brock Purdy. I'm not worried about the rust thing. I mean, if you think about all the things that Purdy has overcome this season and the way his offseason played out, recovering from injury and, you know, getting the latter part of training camp reps and, you know, two practices on, one practice two practices off, one practice on. All that stuff. I'm I'm just not really worried about the whole rust thing. I think this team again is comprised with enough veteran players to just kind of negate that stuff. That's kind of going back to my point. Is the for this a lot of this 49ers team has been there and done that. 
and they've gone this far before, and they know what's at stake, and they know what kind of the state of this roster is. And I just don't see the 49ers kind of slipping like that, you know, in a way, and coming out and getting bitch slapped like the Cowboys did. Sorry, that was probably a little crass of me. Just getting slapped. There, there, need, there need not be a bitch there. Just getting slapped aside as if they were irrelevant. It, it, it's still wild to think about. Still wild. Um, again, we will go much more in depth into our Packers preview uh, later this week. Uh, since I couldn't get the guest on for this episode, I'm going to see if I can get another guest on for that episode. Interesting. Interesting. It's all, uh, it, it's just a crazy way. Again, the thing I keep falling back on with my head in my head is the Packers and either the Lions or the Buccaneers stand between the 49ers and another trip to the Super Bowl. And they have got a squad that's big enough, that's good enough to beat any team. Any team. Trying to think and make sure. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, this is a shorter pod. The 49ers didn't get play. There's get to play. There's not a lot we can talk about. Um, just trying to make sure I've kind of covered my bases. All right, but before we get out of here, we got to talk about Prize Picks. All right, if you don't know what Prize Picks is, it's daily fantasy sports. All right. And, and when I say daily fantasy sports, it's like all the sports. They have a ridiculous amount of sports to choose from. Obviously, all the popular ones, football, baseball, basketball. Uh, I'm really hoping if we can uh, – I'm going to talk to the uh, powers that be and see if we can get some some Formula One prize picks. They might have Formula One prize picks. Um, it's just the, the season's not active right now. So, I mean, I'm seeing League of Legends, NBA, soccer, college basketball, hockey. Man, speaking of hockey, I just keep watching Miracle over and over. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why they've already got some of the prize picks coming up for the Packers game. The picks are already in here. Um, I will, we will go into that in more detail. I'm looking at Christian McCaffrey, 89 yards rushing. I'm taking that smashing the over, um, Aaron Jones, 74 rest yards, probably taking the under on that one. Probably taking the under on that one. Um, Jordan love 249. I'm just looking at the stats. We're not picking them right now. Brandon, Ayuk, 62 yards receiving, probably taking the over on that bad boy. Um, so yeah, price picks, daily fantasy sports, you pick two to six players, you kind of pick the projection. Do you want rush yards? Do you want pass yards? Do you want receiving yards? Do you want field goals, sacks, um, two to six players, take more, take less, and then watch the winnings roll in. Uh, the best thing I like about price picks is that it's incredibly simple, intuitive, easy. You could jump on search for the team you want to place an entry for. They're all right there. Click on the entry, click more, click less, and you're done if you really knew what you were doing or you knew exactly what you, you wanted to place, you can have an entire entry built in like less than 60 seconds. So if you're going to check it out, which you should, you know, you only got a couple games left this season. Get on there, check it out. Uh, prizepicks.com slash gold. And you're going to use the promo code gold G O L D. Okay. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash gold promo code gold. And what they're going to do is they're going to match any deposit up to a hundred bucks. So if you put in a hundred bucks, you're going to have 200 bucks in your account via price picks. So check it out again. One more time. That's pricepicks.com slash gold promo code gold. So you've got a fully healthy 49ers team as healthy as they possibly can be at this point. If you think back to all the injuries, the 49ers have had to endure and how many times the conversation has surrounded just how ahead of the league this team was in terms of players impacted by injury. In this case, the 49ers are just 
drastically you know, in better shape than they have been in the past. Talanoa Hufunga, obviously the starting safety, is the biggest name on the injured reserve list. But he was replaced fairly competently by Jair Brown. And then Jair Brown, who's out with temporary injury, he's coming back to practice. You know, he he ushered in veteran safety Logan Ryan, who's put in 11 years in the league. That's somebody that you're glad to have in that position. But Talanoa Hufunga is the biggest name on the injured reserve list, and I'm not downplaying that. But we're just used to some of the biggest members of the team finding their way onto that list. And this year, that's just not the case. The 49ers quite literally have no excuses. Eric Armstead's back at practice. He'll be back for the playoff with, now he's recovering from an injury, but he's got weeks of rest. You know, if you consider, I think the Eagles game was like his last game, if I'm not mistaken. Not only are is the team healthy, but they're coming off a couple weeks of rest. They're still doing padded practices. You know Kyle Shanahan's keeping them as sharp as he possibly can be. Uh, it's it, it should be. And if you go back and look at how the team, how the bye week transformed the 49ers earlier in the season, they lost three games in a row. They went on to the bye week, and then they just started eliting teams. Obviously, things didn't go great against the Baltimore Ravens, but it's looking like there's a very strong chance that they may uh, get to right that wrong on the biggest of stages. But things are about as as, as solid as, as it can be for the 49ers. You are the number one seed coming off, you know, I don't want to say unprecedented. That's a bit dramatic. But just as much rest as you could possibly get in any NFL scenario right before you're heading into the playoffs against the number seven seed as the number one seed. You win this game and you're headed to the NFC championship game at Levi's stadium. And then if you win that game, you're heading to the super bowl just a few hours down the road in Las Vegas, same time zone, no problems. No excuses for the 49ers. No excuses. They are going to win it. Now's the time. Now's the time. Now's the time. Exciting. Exciting. Win or lose, whatever happens. I know it's easy for me to say, but just enjoy. Enjoy the season. The 49ers are in the postseason. They're about to play, you know, in in a home playoff game that to go to the NFC champ. You know, it's just wild. Think about how few of teams are left, you know, and the 49ers are one of them, and they've got a chance to win it all. And so just don't forget to enjoy it. And revel in it a little bit, you know. I, I'm sure a lot of you guys are just absolutely sweating bullets to, in some way or another. But enjoy it, enjoy it. Oh, kind of clicking through my tabs, seeing if there's anything else I want to talk about. One thing I did notice is the Green, Green Bay Packers like schedules and it's their schedule, their wins and losses, a little weird. You know, they they squeaked by the uh, the the Bears, seventeen to nine in Week eighteen. They thumped the Vikings pretty well, 33 to 10. You know, Vikings with rotating quarterbacks. That's that's not that's not really much to say. Barely got by the Packers, 33 to 30. Lost to the Buccaneers, 20 to 34. Lost to the Giants, 22 to 24. Beat the Chiefs, 27-19. Beat the Lions, 29-22. It's just this weird dichotomy of losses against 
okay teams wins against good teams. They beat the Rams 20 to four. The Packers look like they just have a tremendous ability to punch up to their opponent. Just looking through the, uh, the other, the other, the other games here, beat the Seahawks lost to the Patriots. Like what the hell is going on? Interesting matchup. Interesting matchup. I'm going to spend a, a couple days looking through it in a bit more detail seeing where the 49ers may or may not have some advantages because in the end, what it's going to end up being is where do the 49ers have the biggest advantage offensively, defensively, the 49ers are better on both sides of the ball, but where is that real discrepancy that we're going to see the 49ers target? Well, uh, I'll take a look at it and we will break it down later this week. I may decide to record the podcast on Wednesday and have it come out on Thursday just because the game is on Saturday. It's a day earlier than it normally is. So you're going to get another episode of Striking Gold this week. Um, as of right now, expect it to be uh, Thursday morning. And uh, that way it's got a, a little bit more dwell time before uh, before the game. And uh, be prepared for playoff takeaway time. It's going to be unreal win or loss. That's all I'm saying. And obviously the vibe is a whole lot better after a win, but that doesn't keep us from doing it. Win or lose, we drink booze, the old softball team motto. All right, everybody. I appreciate you. Um, if you want to leave just a, I always say it, the ultimate form of support is the fact that you're here listening. You're here. You, you've, you've, you've come all this way. I appreciate it. You've got a front row seat and I appreciate you. You want to show a little bit more support, go to whatever app you're listening to it on. Leave us a five-star review. And if you want to go a little further, leave some words. Leave some words. Um, But in the end, like I said, I appreciate you. And we will be, again, be back here a little later this week to break down the Packers matchup in more detail and any other news that comes our way throughout the week. Uh, Enjoy the added 49ers coverage. Uh, It's always one of the fun things when your team gets into the postseason is there's only like six or eight in any, any stage. There's only six, eight, four teams, two teams to talk about at that point. And uh, your team is still one of them. All right, everybody. Appreciate you. I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold. And we are signing out.